Tom Impact and FixSpec. This is Founders Anonymous, the podcast that helps you move your business up a gear. I'm your host, David Trott. And I'm Chris Lees. Welcome to Founders Anonymous. I'm Chris Lees. Coming up this week, it's not you, it's me. Maybe it is you after all. We shuffle around the other side of the desk and think about how what you're pitching lands with your prospects. Social breakdown, we sweep aside the media coverage of Omicron and UK politicians having Christmas parties and instead focus on a completely unrelated thread on Twitter this week. There's our Secret Santa gift exchange, which is coming up as well. I'm extremely excited about that. But with me in the hot seat, as always, is David. David, how has your week been? Yeah, good. Good. I've had a good week. Um, yeah, I've just realized I've forgotten to bring your Secret Santa present into the recording booth. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go and get it. <laughs> have you even bought it? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah. Okay. In fact, I, I had a listener suggestion for your present. Yeah, I did not have a listener suggestion, although it is inspired by a listener's tweet. So I'm going to call that, a, a, you know, a win. Okay, fair enough. I mean, what does that mean? I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to give it away. <laughs> so I had a suggestion for you, and none of our listeners had any suggestions for me. Does that listeners? What the fuck? Yeah. Right. In last week's episode, we spent time thinking about how you, as a small business owner, might think about positioning your products and services towards potential buyers. But that's only half the picture. We need to think about how those pitches are received. Chris, what are your thoughts? So I face this time and time again, and I'm sure other small business owners do as well. You've got this great vision for your business or your service, exactly what it is that you're going to help people with. And you know that you are better positioned to help them with that problem than they are perhaps doing it themselves, right? There's an awful lot of things that small businesses are pitching to other uh, prospects. And time and time again, I see the situation where people are muddling through trying to do it themselves. They're doing a poor job. They admit that they have a problem. And yet here you come with your great solution that you think is appropriately priced and it just doesn't quite land. They can't get themselves to actually buy from you. And that's the thing that I want to chat about today is, is that. Why doesn't your pitch cut through? Why can't you actually make that sale when they acknowledge that they have a need for the thing that you're buying? Yeah. Okay. So let's start with a basic question, first of all. So in this hypothetical situation, I'm guessing that a lot of the initial fairly obvious objections to purchase have been overcome, right? We, the, the clients in the market for it, the product or service is, is a good fit for what mm-hmm. they need, all that sort of stuff. Um, it's the right time, right amount of money, perhaps. Like All, all the obvious stuff yeah. is, is off the table. So what yeah. we're talking about here is that situation where now, now you're in deep in the weeds of getting this sale, right? Yeah, now you're in the weeds of getting the sale. And I think that the, the vast majority of the time, one of the main reasons why these things fail is because it isn't quite enough for a person's job. We tend to be thinking about smallish tasks, Right. So, um, you know, if, if you need somebody to help you with marketing, for example, but you don't feel like you actually need somebody full time. Yeah. At that point, you've got this trade off as a buyer of those services. I could do it myself, possibly do a poor job of it, or I could go and hire somebody uh, to do it on an agency style basis. But it's not an entire person's job. So I'm talking very specifically about this quite low level of activity 
where it's less than one person's job almost by definition. And that's kind of, that's a danger zone. So we're in this danger zone and let's say I'm the client, I'm trying to do something that it's not in my wheelhouse. I might not be great at it. It's doing my head in, but do you know what me doing it is compared to paying someone else to do it free, right? If you exactly. ignore like the time cost, there's no sort of financial side to it, right? Yeah. And and that's really one of the things I want to try to focus in on here is, is there's this psychological barrier that people have about cost. And in fact, I've, I've literally just gone through this. One of my uh, part-time employees has transitioned from being an employee to being somebody who's uh, working as an agency for, for whom I'm buying their services, right? Yeah. And let's just think about what that does. I'm a, I'm a buyer. I was historically buying his or her time for a certain amount of money, right? That was a subscription, let's call it that, for, for want of a better term, right? It's a fixed amount of money. I can budget for it. I know that it's going out every single month. When you are an employer, you are incentivized to give that person as much as they can possibly take. The minute that the, um, they transitioned over to this uh, pay-as-you-go model, suddenly a different part of my brain kicks in that says, I have to minimize cost at all possible points. And that means you really are going to be watching every single hour that's being billed and just and questioning why. Why am I doing that, right? And so if we kind of, if we move away and we think about some of the, the same situations in our, you know, in our personal lives, for example, you and I, David, we both have Spotify accounts. I'm sure a lot of people have Spotify accounts. You're probably listening to this on Spotify right now. Yep. If Spotify wasn't all you can eat for $9.99 a month, but was instead, uh, you're going to pay me 50p for every track that you listen to, would it be as attractive? No. no. Well... Is it 50p for one track as many times as you like? Well, first of all, lots of minutiae <laughs> detail like that, where it's like, hmm, okay, what about this? How can I get around it? But also it's the fact of, you know, pay-as-you-go doesn't quite work in an awful lot of models. Yeah. Uh, and that's really my point, is, is you're incentivized then to say, do I really want to listen to this Slade Merry Christmas track? Um, just... Just because I have to pay them 50p, if it was absolutely free, and of course I would put that on full volume. Literally no one in the past 50 years has ever paid to listen to Slade Merry Christmas. <laughs> it just is forced upon you wherever you go throughout December. David loves Slade. He really does. But this is my point, right? Is as a vendor, potentially trying to sell into some of these people, beware of this situation where you might think that you're doing them a favor by unbundling, giving them almost a pay-as-you-go style model. You might think that that's great. That's a good way of you becoming cost-effective. Beware that there is a flip side to that. And that is that they will constantly focus on the amount of work that they're giving you in order to minimize costs. It's not necessarily because they don't want the product or service that you have. It's just a natural inbuilt reaction that we have as small business owners to minimize costs wherever we possibly can. Flipping to a subscription style model in that particular situation might actually be better in the long run. It'll give you greater certainty, greater recurring revenue, which is always great. But it also means that they will think of you differently, think of you far more like a partner than as somebody who's just doing tasks when you're being paid for them. So if you're a supplier then and you're thinking about, right, how am I going to approach this? How, how do you think you start approaching that challenge? So obviously this is going to differ for absolutely everybody and it's going to be much, much harder if, you're, if the product or service that you're doing has a fixed deliverable at the end of it. 
but the the way that I like to try to approach it in in my business is to is to think carefully about what is the outcome that they're looking to achieve. You've got to keep really really focused on those outcomes. So in my business, I know that I am not particularly good at marketing. I am not particularly good at, at social media, and so the thing that I want to try to um, uh, hire somebody to do is to just keep that running for me. Just have this thing run in the background, the drumbeat of social media and marketing out in the background. That's the outcome that I really want to achieve because that's what I'm looking to achieve. Bundles which are, you know, I'm going to do three social media posts per week actually fall flat. Yep. Because it's not really talking exactly to what it is I'm looking for. Yeah. Now, there's an interesting parallel. This bundle idea is something we use to great effect in retail. So if multiple retailers are selling the same product, then the consumer is just picking whoever has the lowest price, stock availability, can deliver it before Christmas. For example, in the music instrument retail, we, we tried this thing where we would sell like the beginner's keyboards for kids at Christmas. Right, and a beginner's keyboard used to be like 99 quid. And for that, in the box, you get the keyboard and the power supply. And that, that's it. That's all you'd get. So we created a load of bundles. So package number one was the keyboard and a music stand and a sustain pedal and a keyboard stand and a pair of headphones and all that sort of stuff. And you just bundled all the prices together and you'd sell this whole thing. And then what that did instantly was it, it stopped people being able to compare like for like. Yeah. So... Yeah, I can just get the keyboard on its own from there for 99 quid. But if I get it here, I get all of this stuff as well. Now, interestingly, that also meant that we sold more of those accessories through bundles than we did if we just tried to put them on as add-on sales, right? Because the second you get someone to the till, it's 99 quid for the keyboard, and it's 39 quid for a stand, and it's 20 quid for a pair of headphones and all that sort of stuff. They're going to say no at some point. And you're not going to sell as much. So does that principle kind of work here then as well? If we're bundling up our products or services as a way to to make that pitch land differently. Is there an opportunity there for us to extract more value out of the sale? Well, so go back right to the very beginning of, of what is it you're selling. You're selling a beginner's keyboard. So what about a bundle that says, we'll sell you the equipment, but we'll also sell you lessons, right? To to actually get you get you to the outcome that you want. But the key thing here is think about the outcome. The outcome is that person wants to learn to play that instrument that's what they want to try to buy from you. Okay, so there is for anyone buying something, there's a range of what they'll pay. And there is also for someone selling something, a range of what they'll accept. So part of this challenge is trying to find out where those two things overlap, yeah. Yes, but what you tend to find is that sometimes there are things that we buy that require an awful lot of setup and learning. And if you can short circuit that setup and learning, then that itself has value, right? If we're selling to somebody with a, with a particular problem, with a pain point that they're willing to pay to solve, they also know that they will have to go through that learning curve and there is value in helping them either get up that learning curve or removing the learning curve completely. It's far more of a partnership conversation and that is it's just a, mi- a million miles different from a I'm hawking my product to you sure. situation. So let's summarize all this then. What do you think are the key points that we need to take away from all of this? I I think it's really all about thinking quite deeply in terms of the outcomes and capabilities that people are interested in buying. Whatever it is that you are selling in your business, think about who's buying it, what are they trying to achieve, and try to think very, very uh, radically about how you bundle that up 
to deliver the maximum possible value. Things like that are the most lucrative ideas. And if you remember uh, last year, I showed you that book, Blue Ocean Strategy. What you just described there in terms of people simply competing on price is exactly what we're talking about here again today. If you create a brand new different um, uh, product or service that innovates on value, suddenly price goes out the window and people are more interested in understanding what it is that you're, you're buying. So be radical, be bold, um, but also just focus on what it is, the, what's the outcome that people are trying to buy. Right. It's Secret Santa time. Oh, yes. Looking forward to this. <laughs> Can't believe you're making us do this, Chris. <laughs> okay. Right. Do you, who wants to go first? I kind of, I think you should, I think you should open yours first. Okay. All right. I think because I, I because I, I suspect you'll have put more thought, care, and attention <laughs> into I, your I present than that I have. Far. I would say though that mine is uh, partially homemade, so you want to adjust your expectations accordingly. <sighs> okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I love that the care and attention that's gone into that. Very few things chill my soul more than your present is homemade. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. What have I got? Well, here you are, lovingly wrapped and beautifully presented. Thank you very much. My very first... Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, thank you. Thank you. All right. So it's just an Amazon bag. Remember, the rules for this were maximum of five pounds. Looks like an item of clothing. It's tight-fitting. <laughs> Easily distracted by roller coasters t-shirt. This is... Thank you very much, by the way, David. Thank you very much. But this is in relation to our Blue Ocean Strategy conversation about roller coasters. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> um, let me tell you the listener suggestions. So, so a listener got in touch, having listened to the roller coaster episode, to tell us all about... There was one moment in that episode where you had a bit of a rant about the companies that sell photographs of, yes. of, of people having a ride on a roller coaster. Um and muse that they couldn't be making them any money and they should just get rid of it. Yeah. So it turns out that there's a company that does this and they are enormous. It is immensely profitable. Wow. Um, okay. So the listener's suggestion was that I try and get you some item of merchandise. So I reached out to a senior manager on LinkedIn um, and not only did he not give me any merchandise, he never even bothered replying. Oh. Uh, so on that theme, we got you a roller coaster t shirt instead. Awesome. Thank you very much. I expect to see you wearing that in your fixed spec videos. Uh, yes, I shall. Uh, as I expect to uh, see you wearing this, David. Oh, God. A, a homemade thing I have to wear. That's a thing. Okay. Well, it's beautifully wrapped. It's Christmas wrapping paper. Mm. I like this. You've been ooh, very frugal with the sellotape there. Very frugal. I see. Yeah. Look after the pennies. Not all that. <laughs> okay. This. Is this a face mask that says insert Jaffa cake? So, so there, was an, there was an episode when uh, David was handed a load of Jaffa cakes by one of our listeners. It had two rolls of Jaffa cakes in there. I am still waiting for my roll of Jaffa cakes. Anyway, in the ensuing conversation on, uh, on Twitter, one of our regular listeners, Alteringham Dry Cleaners, came up with the idea. They said... I can fit six Jaffa cakes in my face mask. And I thought that is a brilliant tweet that I really want to bring to life. <laughs> and so what I've got you here, David, is I've got you a face mask 
First of all, it's got the Ultimum Dry Cleaners logo on yeah, it. Yeah, I've just noticed you've drawn the ADC <laughs> logo on the side of the mask. There's free branding there. Yeah, free, free branding, free branding. Free marketing for um, ADC. But it's also one of those face masks which has got like a little air vent in it, which I thought was a perfect insert Jaffa cake hole just there so that he can eat his Jaffa cakes whilst wearing his face mask. Um, thank you very much for this. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's not a face mask. It's a nose bag, isn't it? <laughs> Basically what you've bought me here. It's just how lazy people feed horses. That's it's, what it's you've, a Jaffa that's cake what horse bag. Me. Yeah, I w- I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to suggest that it is uh, medical grade face mask either. I apologise about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Merry very Christmas. Much. Merry Christmas. It's time for Social Breakdown, the section of our show where we take something we found on social media this week and ask whether it's bringing joy to our world. David, what have you found this week? I have found something that is not bringing joy to my world. Are you going to narrow that down a little bit? Yeah. So we have this thing where we try to punch up rather than punch down. I don't know whether I'm punching up or punching down with this, so I'm not going to say who, who posted it. And we're not going to read the whole tweet out. What I'm going to do instead is just let you let you read it. Okay. And then we'll summarize what the tweet essentially is saying. Just the top bit? Yeah, just the, just the original tweet. Okay. What we've got here is a guy who is sharing his hot take. And the take is basically this. If you spend your early 20s traveling the world, you're immediately putting yourself as a, at a disadvantage because you're wasting that period of your life that are meant for building and getting ahead of your peers, okay? We have to do this thing, don't we, where we, we try and figure out, is there something good in this? And the most generous thing I can think of here is, I can't really think of any. I, I just can't. I just, it just strikes me as such a, a binary, nonsensical, exclusionist reductivist position and it's part of this stable of people giving advice that seems entirely geared towards justifying their own life choices right so i I went to university so therefore i'm going to tell people that the best thing you can do is go to university and the worst thing is to not go to university Mm -hmm. i didn't go to university because my destiny in life is to be some moron on twitter so now i'm going to tell people don't you know don't go to university don't go traveling do what i did buy nfts right it's just that that your lived experiences aren't universal mm-hmm. right and it's just across the board and the sooner people realize that the sooner we'll all be happier as a species it winds me up and it's not just this guy there are a number of people some very famous people one person who's been the subject of one of these social breakdown segments in the past that always posts on linkedin oh university is a waste of time like not if you're a doctor Right? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah. how thick do you have to be for you to just assume that your opinion is universally applicable to everything? Right? Mm-hmm. It just it really winds me up. And it's also part of this stable of people that have decided that they're going to say something controversial or demonstrably false and they're going to frame it as, Ooh, here's my hot take. Aren't I brave being controversial? No, you're not. You're dull and you're a moron. Is there, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, right? So if your sole goal in life was to maximize the amount of money that you earned in a job over the course of your career, then uh, is there something to say 
actually, you know what, you should start work as soon as you possibly can, leave school at 16 or 18 or whatever the legal age is, and immediately start work and never go on holiday ever, never have any fun. You might end up in a better financial situation. Yeah. yeah. But you would have missed out on a huge amount of life. Yeah, exactly. And that's I'm, I've kind of deliberately not tried to get into the nuts and bolts of whether traveling is, is a good life experience or not, because I don't even think... I, I don't even think this tweet is, is worthwhile enough for us to spend time doing that. Like, and mm. this is what I mean about it being reductivist, right? So, yeah. essentially, what, what's he saying? Right, well, you know, your prospects are better if you work forty years out of your life instead of thirty-eight. Even that, I really struggle to see just how how that potentially could be true. Maybe there are isolated cases whereby, yeah, fine, if you just remove every other variable and you just look at it as a, a pure function of time, yeah, that's true. But that's not how life works. Life is like a rich tapestry of all sorts of things. And travel is, is an incredible thing. It broadens your mind and it opens, opens you up to new experiences and gives you new perspectives, all of which is, you know, how many times have we sat here on this podcast talking about the value of creativity, the value of thinking about things in a different way, the value of bringing another perspective to the table and bursting out of your own blinkers and preconceived notions. Like all of yeah. that stuff is, like, is profoundly important to business. And for this knob to just go oh well if you go traveling that means you've lost a year so you're behind honestly fuck off yeah and i i I kind of question why i get so angry about this i think partly it's that natural sense of injustice i have whenever someone stupid presents themselves as a, a voice of wisdom that just makes me want to cough at one of my own kidneys out of embarrassment but it's also potentially might this affect someone's life decisions like if there's a kid reading this at a point in their life where they're thinking i don't know whether i need to go should i drop out of college and then they read this and go oh, well that's a perspective i can consider anymore that adds a bit more weight so then maybe i should drop out of college yeah um, but then i go into the trap of well am i doing the same thing I just said, well, that kid should definitely go to college because that's what I did. Mm. So, and my experience is the right one. I just, everything about this winds me up because it's taken a huge, complex, nuanced issue that's full, full of variables and reduced it down to this one thing of, well, you're going to lose time. So that, that's, that's the rule, isn't it? Right. What well, the rule is don't listen to anything you read on Twitter. Okay. Just don't listen to it and don't buy any NFTs. They're the rules. I did, however, like the piece of advice that I recently saw on Twitter that said that you can put Jaffa cakes inside of your face mask. I really enjoyed that one. Um, Final question on that. Is this face mask machine washable or does it need to go to the dry cleaners? Uh, It might need to go in the dry cleaners. (laughs) You know what? Talking about uh, our previous thing here, if somebody was to offer a dry cleaning bundle where not only did they provide the logoed face masks, but also a service to wash the aforementioned face masks clean of Jaffa cake crumbs, that will be a that will be a winner right there. Okay, it turns out bad advice doesn't exist only on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. That's it for this week. And as Christmas is just around the corner, that's also a wrap for 2021 too. Uh, We're going to take a few weeks off and we'll be back in your earbuds in the new year. Uh, If you've enjoyed what we've been talking about this year, then please do drop us a line at podcast at impactbiz.co.uk. That's B-I-Z. Or find us on Twitter at FoundersAndNonPod. You can also give David and I a perfect Christmas gift by subscribing and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever your preferred player is. 
So the last thing to do this year now is to sing you out of this episode with a classic Slade anthem. Uh, David, you ready? <coughs> so here it is. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Fans Anonymous is an Impact and Fixpec production.